Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Week five, these are your running back tiers and rankings ahead of this weekend's action. And Hayden, we always kick it off with locked in players. This week, there's only one of one that is Christian McCaffrey against the Dallas Cowboys and basically every single other player we need to have a discussion about. I completely agree. You can say on this chart, expected fantasy points based off the usage and actual points this year. McCaffrey's by himself for now with Eckler. Hurting on by everyone else has got some injury concerns, some matchup concerns, some playing time concerns, some type of concern. He's just by himself right now. And even this week, he's playing against the Cowboys, and they've been the toughest running back matchup so far. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey will overcome it. All of this is in Hayden's rankings, which are and will be linked in the description down below. Just for your reference, tomorrow we will have a quarterbacks, tight ends, and true sickos defensive show right before Thursday Night Football. It should be uploaded during that time. And then Fridays, with all the information flying in and hopefully being absorbed from practice, Fridays are for wide receiver tiers and rankings. Okay, let's kick it off with the second tier. You're running back to that is Bijan Robinson against the Houston Texans. Hayden, he does not even have a rushing touchdown yet this season, but he already has three top 12 scoring weeks. Yeah, this is hard because he's the running back 10 on running back 15 usage, and I have him ranked second overall. The matchup's decent this week against the Texans, but the Falcons are only projected for 21 and three quarters points, which is less than the NFL average. So I'm just looking for somebody, and at this point, my tiebreakers are who's the better player, and Bijan Robinson is that. By the way, I'm just feeling the effects of the bye weeks and the injuries. I really felt that in the running backs rankings. I also felt that in the quarterbacks rankings. So we're going to maneuver some of these as we get some more information uh, throughout the rest of the week. But at least I can go home and sleep at night ranking Bijan <laughs> as my number two because he's good. You act like go home. You already are home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can walk 20 feet to your home. Uh, it is important, I think, that the Falcons are two-point favorites in this game. However, what we have seen from D'Amico Ryans is – awesome defensive coordinator and if you are very one-dimensional offensively i think he can swarm you now to that point houston is allowing 16.4 rushing points per game right now to opposing backfields um Bijan robinson six yards per carry on the ground 21 percent of his carries are going for 10 plus yards right now we haven't maybe gotten the extreme receiving usage that we could expect from a do-it-all running back like Bijan Robinson, but he's getting at least, I think, four targets per game at this point. So, yeah, if the Falcons are going to win this game and score, what, 23 and a half projected points, it is going to be through Bijan Robinson, I believe. Yep, completely agree. Actually, it opened as 23 and a half, I should say. It is down to 21 and three quarters. So uh, it's just tough oh. out here. All the highest projected teams make it 
they're so quarterback driven. So it's just yeah. hard to find them. Okay, your next ranking. Shock the people. Shock the world. Be, uh, Kyron Williams against the Philadelphia Eagles. He is running back 11 in consensus rankings. You're running back three this week. Why? Honestly, I, I get it both sides. He's the running back six on running back four usage. Some of the other running backs ahead of him are on by or injured right now. The Eagles are allowing just 3.0 yards per carry to running backs. That's the bad news. Matchup is not good. At the same time, he plays on every situation. If there's a goal line carry, it's his. He's been heavily used in the receiving game if the Rams are trailing, which we should expect in this game. And I trust Matthew Stafford to get there. So is Kyron Williams a a difference-making player? No. Is this a bad matchup? Of course, yes. Do I like ranking him as my RB3? Hell no. But... He has the usage that is extremely hard to find in a week like this. And the fact that he's still able to catch passes, if they are trailing, at least gives him somewhat of a floor. Cam Akers, and I think Ryan McChrystal pointed this out, Cam Akers had four top 12 scoring games as a running back in three years with the LA Rams. Kyron Williams already has done that three times in four weeks so far this season. Now, that four, fourth week, Caden, was when he did not score a touchdown. He in some ways is touchdown or bust based on his volume. And I think his lack of talent on a per touch basis, like to be honest, if we can zoom out for a moment, this is an absurd ranking from like an individual talent versus a matchup standpoint, oh, yeah. but I get it from what you're saying and how the Rams are allowing him to succeed because he leads the NFL and runs with six or fewer defenders in the box 33 mm-hmm. so far this season but has still just rushed for 3.5 yards per carry mm-hmm. on those attempts while the league average is at five yards per carry on those attempts. I mean, his rushing yards under expectation is like negative 33. Yeah, no, I, I trust me. I hear all that. I will say this in the two games that the Rams have lost, he's seen seven targets and 10 targets. Yeah. So if you're a PPR scammer out there, this is appropriate ranking for him. Yeah, this is this is a long tier of guys. Maybe I'll adjust some things once we get the pick and projections up here. But he's certainly in this tier because you would have to project him for maybe the most targets of the entire position this week. I, I do think that last point is fair um, because the rushing points, obviously, that you're saying, like the Eagles, they're allowing a league low 6.1 rushing points to opposing backfields. Okay, fun discussion there. Let's continue it on with a good player in Tony Pollard against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this is all the usage that we hoped and prayed for during the entire Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott split backfield. And Hayden, now that he has it, the fantasy community at large is screaming, why can't we also get all the fancy points along with it right now? Yeah, he's run really bad at the goal line. Uh, he's getting all the usage, though, and that's most important. This week, it's just tough because the Cowboys yep. aren't projected for the normal points that they have been. It's way, way, way less because they're facing the 49ers, and the 49ers have allowed the fewest rushing yards to running backs this season. The Cowboys projected for under actually 21 points, which is below the NFL average. So I like Tony Pollard. He hasn't been the same player coming off off the, the leg injury. Well, update the Cowboys offensive line because they've been dealing with a bunch of injuries. So this is another somewhat bet on talent, but the matchup is really brutal. He already has more carries inside the 10 yard line this season than he had in his previous four seasons combined at some point that is going to work out because it's not just him. It's also the Cowboys at large who are struggling to convert uh, three point plays from field goals into touchdowns. Okay. You're running back five this week is actually the running back 10 in consensus. That is David. Montgomery against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, 
I'm shocked that consensus isn't closer to you after we just saw a 34 touch game. It's wild. He's a running back five on running back five usage per game. They are almost 10 point home favorites. They're playing against the fourth worst fantasy running back defense. He's a total alpha. Austin yeah. Eckler thinks he's good. We think he's good. The, run, the, the running backs usage for the Lions is second best in the league. So as I'm sitting here, if there was a way I was going to be sending this ranking, it would be north. It would be higher than this. Um, I, I think everything's here for the taking, except possibly that game script can get wonky. But that's like really unlikely. The Lions are their focal point of this team is David Montgomery's between the tackles rushing to set up the play action. And I don't think that's going to change, especially that David Montgomery got extra days off to rest. We'll talk about Jameer Gibbs in a moment, but Austin Eckler obviously does Eckler's edge with Matt Harmon. Um, they focused in on this Lions backfield. Here's just a little snippet from that conversation. Here, um, like I said, he's hitting the right spots, but there's there's some sudden suddenness to him that I see at times. But I'm like, I want to see that, you know, in the preparation and the approach in the runs and set yourself up so you can make it even more explosive. Uh, I think he's just tipping his runs a little bit uh, more than he should be right now um, on some of his wide zones. Hmm. And and like I said, it, it just takes time. So that, that is on Jameer Gibbs, and most of the conversation that Austin Eckler had focused on how successful Dave Montgomery is on the inside runs, which we know has been a focal point of this Lions and Ben Johnson's running scheme for quite some time, is for the Philadelphia Eagles, too. And it's mainly attacking the half frames, the shoulders of offensive linemen and mostly defensive linemen and linebackers, too. And it's why, once again... If you understood that Jameer Gibbs at Alabama only had 28.6 of his carries on inside runs, this should have been expected. That was a league or excuse me, a class low rate. And so this isn't changing for how this offense is utilizing their backfield. And Hayden, to that point, they've had 24 plays inside the 10 yard line this season. They have run on 17 of them. And inside the five yard line, they, they have run on eight of 10 plays. Yep. Basically, the Lions are incredibly consistent in their running back usage. It's all we can ask for with that. And what I've been telling you is Dave Montgomery is the dude. I think the other way to frame it is just, it's not the setting up the running backs. It's setting up their offensive linemen. Like this is their identity has been drafting and paying stud offensive linemen. And the best way to use them is in the short area and just run behind those guys. And look at, look at the lions and David Montgomery. They're clearly up in the elite category. So I think a running back 10 ranking for David Montgomery this week is out of control. Yeah. I mean, he's had 70 and 74% of the backfield touches in his full two games this season. And Carolina is allowing nearly five yards per carry to opposing running backs mm -hmm. right now. Big day for David Montgomery. Okay. Running back six this week, Josh Jacobs against the Green Bay Packers. So last week he got home strictly because Aiden O'Connell just wanted to keep checking the ball down while being under pressure. I'm assuming Jimmy G is back here and the Packers have been bad against the run for a decade and then refresh it this year. They're the fifth worst fantasy running back defense. So I think the Josh Jacobs usage is strong. It's RB six. I know the production has not been there, but also would not be surprised if it just took a little bit of time for Josh Jacobs to get his legs underneath him, get this ground game back in sync. He's obviously a huge positive regression candidate and already got home last week as well. So I think it's just a good matchup usage, good player. Um, I think people are, too quickly writing off his efficiency, I do think that will uh, be totally fine moving forward. 
Those are the top two tiers. We appreciate you all making it this far into the video. Again, we have these tiers and rankings for every single position every single week. You also know that on Sunday mornings, we have a Q&A live. Answer your questions leading up to kickoff. We do our best to set your lineups for you. Sunday night, Instant Reactions with John Daigle. You love that show. Scheme. Steve Smith, wide receiver breakdowns. We've got eight shows a week. So to all of you that subscribe to this channel, we're on our way to 100,000 subs. We appreciate you doing that. If not, join in the fun. Join with us, the community, the team. Okay, here we go. Tier three, Hayden. Starts with Brian Robinson. Um, Brian Robinson against the Chicago Bears. This should be like a real smash spot. The Bears have allowed eight touchdowns, four through the air and four in the ground to opposing running backs in just four games this season. Yeah, this is classic eruption spot per the chart here. When they are running smoothly and how they want to, it's through a very balanced offense with the commanders. And Brian Robinson is in a perfect spot here. Home favorites, 25-point team total, which is insane for the commanders. They've never been up that high. Uh, in the three games where they weren't blown out, Brian Robinson's averaging 14.8 expected half PPR points. Everything's working in Brian Robinson's favor here as long as Sam Howell could avoid taking a bunch of sacks and still the bears def the bears defense is super injured. So great spot for the commander. Just wanted to pull up this chart because you guys won't see this too often to see how high the commanders are ranked. Usually they're way down in this quadrant. They're getting closer up into that elite quadrant because of matchup. And again, Brian Robinson has been fantastic this season, despite them living in the left bottom quadrant mm -hmm. so far you know, succeeding beyond expectations in certain games and now going into it. We know that this is a real, real great spot for Brian Robinson. I think his rushing yards in the underdog pick'em lobby is only at like a higher or lower of six, eight and a half or something Ooh. like that this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get on that. Let's get on that one. Okay. You're running back eight this week is Derek Henry at the Indianapolis Colts. Is it this easy, Hayden, that when the Tennessee Titans are favorites or at least have a neutral game script, we kind of get as close to vintage Derrick Henry looks as we possibly can. Yeah, I, I do think that's totally fair. It's still not a perfect setup. Um, I'm hoping he's going to get Peter Skaronsky back. That would certainly help him out. Um, but it was also nice to see just based off of the tape, Derrick Henry looked like himself last week. You saw the, the touchdown pass, obviously, but it was the, the touchdown run. Breaking, breaking a lot of tackles. So I think this is pretty appropriate. He's right next to, uh, just when it comes to the pace in the projected points, next to guys like Josh Jacobs and B. John Robinson. So this is the tier that he definitely belongs in. Uh, I know he hasn't been producing quite at this level, but I think more things are aligning this week for a good one for the big dog. Alvin Kamara checks in as you're running back nine at the New England Patriots, a Patriots defense that is losing every best defensive <laughs> players by the day. Not to laugh too much, but it's like Christian know. Gonzalez, great start to his rookie season, basically out for the year. Matt Judon, great pass rush for the last couple of years, out for an extended period of time. It's basically Christian Barmore and yeah. a few other pieces, and that's kind of it. Anyways, what we got from Alvin Kamara and his return to this backfield, 24 of 28 backfield touches. Yeah, it was bell cow usage, 75% of the snaps. Kendra Miller, we can pretend that he doesn't exist. He it translated to the RB3 overall in usage. He's even higher than that if you are a PPR scammer. We're not over here, so he's kind of stuck in this tier just because I don't trust the Saints' uh, conservative play calling. Uh, definitely need to see Derek Carr 
uh, be a little healthier this this time around just because it was very clear that he was not himself. That benefited benefited Kamara last week because of the checkdowns. Um, but to me, it was very clear that as good as Olave is, as good of a season uh, Michael Thomas is getting when, in terms of earning targets, to me, it seems like this offense is going to be centered around Alvin Kamara. Like You saw yeah. it on uh, multiple occasions last week, and I don't think that's a good thing for an offense in the year 2023. We can talk about this when we get to Olave on Friday. Remember that first week when they opened with like three or four catches with him out of the backfield? Yeah, I thought that they spent all summer game planning for that. I don't think we've seen that a single time since we know. And I, I try to make that a very big deal because I've been an Olave kind of realist in where he is in the pecking order of things. And I'm with you. I haven't seen the fun stuff at all, though. He's been missed a couple times down the sideline, oh, yeah. but that, that's, those are the toughest plays. That's why I compared him to Terry McLaurin, like very good player, but like everything around him just doesn't go his way. And like Brian Robinson, I do think, Alvin Kamara is going to be the focal point and just very middling offenses when that is the case. DeAndre Swift is your running back 10. I mean, it makes total sense. What we have seen the last two weeks from DeAndre Swift is excellent stuff. Um, his success this year in comparison to even other running backs on the Eagles over the last couple of years is even higher than that. We see the canyons that he's allowed to run through. But even at times, I think that maybe his vision, how he's setting up linebackers is probably improved versus what we saw at the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that wouldn't be a surprise to me. Great coaching staff. They know what they're doing. They're allowing him to run with the plays that they're used like that he's actually good at running. Uh, but ultimately, this is just a bet on the Eagles. They are projected for a ton of points as usual, running a ton of plays, and they are not afraid to completely lean on DeAndre Swift. That is exactly. been kind of the difference point. Like if they're up two scores and it's three minutes left in the third quarter, you can prepare yourselves for about nine more carries for DeAndre Swift. Uh, that's exactly what went on through my mind. And I think the Rams have outperformed everyone's expectations defensively this season, but still defensively, I, I, they've got some players like Byron Young is like a you know 24-year-old rookie and doing all that stuff. But like it's Aaron Donald and kind of everyone else still, and that's fine. Yeah. But this Eagles offensive line will just lean on you. Mm -hmm. They will just run the ball nine straight times. And they can do that against the best of them and the worst of them. And to your point, I, I certainly they can pick up some passing points in this game, but there could be a, a section of this game where DeAndre Swift runs the ball, I don't know, 10 times in a single quarter. Yeah. Um, yep. They can just dominate that way. Okay. Devon A-Chain checks in as your running back 11 against the New York Giants uh, and Raheem Mostert right after him as the running back 12. Talk to me because this is exactly where A-Chain is being ranked among Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings when mm -hmm. they pull in about 100 different analysts. He Mostert is the one who's down as running back 19 in consensus rankings. Yeah, I think that's a little bit too dramatic. Raheem Mostert had the two fumbles. I get it. And A-Chan's been fantastic. And But they still use both of them all the time. And this is a matchup where they're projected for 30 points as a team, by far the most in the league. So I think both of them can certainly get home. And I think like as good as A-Chan has been, I don't think they're going to like make him a bell cow like if you actually are watching the way they're using him they're dialing dialing him up stuff where i think to me that's indicating that both of these guys are going to be still very involved so i just don't want to like look at the last week's box score and pretend that that's everything now I, i'm leaning towards hn because he's looked better than raheem but i would not be surprised if raheem starts gets 60 percent of the touches and then we're just seeing we're basically flipping coins 
when it gets to the red area uh, of who's scoring the touchdowns. I know it's been leaning more towards HN, but it's just been it's been so inconsistent that I want to rank both of them at a spot because I do think that the Dolphins are going to be able to provide both of these guys as very strong starts. I'm batting about 500 with saying HN, and sometimes I even Art. mixed up in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. So I apologize, Devon. I apologize. Running back 13 this week for you against the Minnesota Vikings. It is Isaiah Pacheco. He has accounted for a season-high 77% of the backfield touches this past week, 23 of 30. And Hayden, I think a little extra muster that we're getting from Isaiah Pacheco is that last year as a rookie, he only had 13 catches for 130 yards in the regular season. That did elevate and improve in the playoffs, but that was just, you know, four games. Yeah. Um, this year, through four weeks and some of those being hurt. He already has 10 catches for 90 yards. Yeah. And I think, I think a a little bit of it is the, just how desperate they are with the wide receiver group. Like they don't have even a Juju Smith level receiver at this point, which is super sad to say. So I think that goes down, trickles down to Isaiah Pacheco. He's been the running back 14 on running back 12 usage. The Vikings are kind of hit and miss when it comes to running backs. They can get ran on other times the way that they're setting up their defense, it goes away from the running backs, but we've basically eliminated CH from the rotation compared to week one and week two. And if the Chiefs do run out to a big lead, we know who's going to be icing this game out. So uh, I think he's a he's an upside RB2. Travis Etienne closes this tier as you're running back 14. Uh, Etienne has kind of morphed into purely a volume sponge because he's not running off big runs and he's not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and it's hard because the last time they got down to the red zone, it was Tank Bigsby who goal uh, vultured him at the goal line, and Jacksonville's been 28th in rushing success rate, and that's what it looks like on tape. It feels like they are just so congested at the line of scrimmage. Both of those have been hurting ETN, running back 20 on running back 16 usage. Now, at the same time, the Buffalo matchup is kind of hit and miss too because – They've allowed the most uh, yards per carry to running backs at 6.0. Travis Etienne is a big play hitter, as we saw with Achan last week. So I do think the big play potential to reel one of these things off is there. But you can also get a little bit game scripted out of this if Buffalo yeah. runs away with this. And the Tank Bigsby stuff makes it a little bit more up in the air. So I think he's firmly in the inconsistent RB2 range, still with upside compared to like the borderline RB1 that you probably drafted mass. Exactly. I mean, through four weeks, his yardage totals are 104, 42, 138, and then 72. And he had a big play run rate, which is 10 or more yards, at 11.8 last season. This year, it's down to 4.3. And mm-hmm. I think a bunch of that is the blocking, as you said. And yeah, no goal line carries this season. So like, you're basically hoping he gets 20 touches. And if that's the case, he doesn't bottom out for you. Yeah. Uh, or sometime he starts scoring touchdowns. But it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a different player than people I think drafted him to expect him to be this season. He's kind of like this next guy. Hey, do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel want to cancel, don't know how to cancel. I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions. And you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. It's kind of like this next side. Well, we kicked that off tier four with James Cook as running back 15. Handled a season low 52% of backfield opportunities last week, but still 12 of 18 touches before the fourth quarter. Hayden, we saw Latavius Murray creep in there early on last week, but then flip of the coin, James Cook gets the inside the 10 yard line touch or two in that game too. Yeah, the, the only thing I'm like really trying to wrap my head around is the Bills are now six in running back usage. Traditionally, in this offense, they've been bottom five. So it's possible even if Latavius is mixing in there, you don't want to completely write off James Cook. I oh, don't no. think that he's going to be the goal line back moving forward. No. I think it's possible he gets a couple mixed in. And the good news is the Bills offense is rocking and rolling. This is maybe the most complete they've been as a, as in complete unit uh, matchup is, is totally fine for James cook, but he's kind of been in this tier when it comes to production and to the fantasy usage model. A commenter pointed this out. We've seen Josh Allen with a rushing touchdown, Latavius Murray with a rushing touchdown, Damien Harris with a rushing touchdown and James cook had not scored a touchdown up yeah. to that point. That truly like might have been a factor. Mm-hmm. I will add though, Jacksonville is allowing 9.3 receiving points per game to opposing running backs and James cook only one reception last week, but a 43 yarder we've seen him mixed in with a mm-hmm. bunch of receptions this season too. I, I just think that this is the perfect area for James cook as we go forward, yeah. like running back 12 to running back 16 on any given week. Joe Mixon, speaking of your running back 16 is next. He's at the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona has allowed a top 15 scoring running back in every game this season with a top three scorer twice this, this year. Hayden, yeah, that's not a surprise to me. My note, they are one of three teams to allow eight total running back touchdowns. So there's a chance at the same time, the Bengals have been dead last in fantasy usage to their running backs because they cannot run under center at all. And they are not scoring any touchdowns. Now, what's interesting about this, and we love the Vegas totals on this show, right? The Vegas has a very optimistic lens on this Bengals offense still like, at almost 24 points. Do you think that's, they watched last week? That's what I'm trying to like wrap my head around. Cause I, I would have guessed it would have been less than that. Maybe they're thinking that this Cardinals defense is just so bad that Joe Burrow would be able to pick apart mm-hmm. them. Uh, and maybe that translates to Joe Mixon production. But this is kind of where Joe Mixon has been when it comes to usage. It was not like the uh, 18 expected points that we saw last year. It's taken a step down because the offense around him has totally collapsed. Just Vegas just doesn't think that the collapsing that's been is going to translate to this week. Can we theorize that for a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. do we think that's through the passing game? Because obviously the 49ers like ripped up the Cardinals last week, right? And some of that was, you know, getting Christian McCaffrey against linebackers and you can't cover that. Of course. Um, could it also be the thought that, hey, Joe Burrow's athleticism and maneuverability right now is so limited that maybe they just lean into the running game? Like they haven't done that so far. They've kind of leaned into yeah. quick passes, 2.3 time to throw, catch and release stuff from Joe Burrow. And that's what it has been with like HMR Chase 2.9 A dot, right? 
could what they've tried everything so far. They really haven't tried leaning into let's establish Joe Mixon. And this might be the game to do that. Yeah, it's possible. And Joe Mixon's involved enough over the last two years in the receiving game that maybe he gets in there. Maybe Vegas just thinks that Joe Burrow will actually look a little bit better another week removed. That might be a little bit wishful thinking, but I mean, at the same time coming into the season, we just complained about how bad the Cardinals defense is. So like, I think ultimately that's probably what, what it is. Running back 17, Brees Hall. Welcome back to the top 20. He faced the Denver Broncos. Let's hear from Jets head coach, Robert Sala first. Just start to give them. Yeah, no, like I said, with from an opportunity standpoint, he's there is no pitch count with him anymore. Um, you know, we've got to, we'd love to get him going, and uh, but at the same time, we've we've got we've got a lot of guys that we want to get the ball to. Garrett's special player, Lazard, uh, finally not finally, but Lazard showed how how good he can be. Um, you know, uh, Xavier Gibson showed up in the game. Uh, the the three tight ends we have are all pretty darn good. So there's knock on wood. We got some guys. We just got to find a way to uh, distribute the ball in a way that is best for the team and making sure that we're scoring points. We want to get him going. We have guys we want to get the football to. He goes on to list six players. None of them play running back. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we were hoping that this was going to come eventually. I thought it was going to be through national reporters. It's even better that we get it right from Robert Sala. Uh, matchup could not be any better than this one. The Broncos are allowing 10 more running back half PPR points than the second worst team uh, against them. Uh, it's just trying to balance how much do we believe Sala here with how inefficient Brees Hall has been aside from those big runs and then how bad this offense has been just in general. Now, they every one of those things I just said got better last week. Brees Hall looked a little bit better, broke a couple more tackles than he was prior. Zach Wilson looked way better, and that helped the usage up as a team. So this is in that boom-bust category. I don't think that Brees Hall is the same player as he was before the injury. I don't think he has to do that as well. There's just a difference between the elusiveness. Like that one play in space where he got tackled by his ankles. Last year's Brees Hall, that thing's to the house. That's totally fine. He's still super fast. He's still capable of a big play. Last year's Brees Hall would have taken that to the house. That's fine. We rank him as a running back 17. Welcome back to our lives. Officially, he was buried in the RB30s or beyond. For me, now we can take him serious. Yeah, I mean, I've been taking Brees seriously, I think, as a talent this year. I'm with you. To me, the more work at least means that we'll see him at least on the field over 50% of the time because we haven't gotten that so far. But even if he doesn't reel off a 60-yard run, like chunk gains of 12, 15, 17, I think in the range of outcomes here against this Broncos defense, over the past three weeks, the Broncos have allowed the running back one overall, Brian Robinson, the running back one overall, Devon A. Chain, the running back two overall, Raheem Mostert, and the running back eight overall yep. in Khalil Herbert. Like, this is all aligning perfectly for the time for Brees Hall to get 15 touches. And if he does get 15 touches, then to me, that finishes as a top 12 scoring running back this week. I just don't, like, I understand this ranking. I'm not saying you should put him in that area because mm-hmm. we don't know that for certain yet. Where Where's he on the consensus rankings? Just curious. Yeah, it's that? right. It's right around here. Um, okay. Consensus rankings have him as running back 20. So it's right around in this area. Yeah, I'm going to keep flushing out the reports. We'll listen to get more and more feedback with him. It was nice. I believe he was a full participant um, as well. But it's so so. clear that Dalvin sucks. The only other part of this is Michael Carter is taking legit passing snaps away. But 
part of me also wonders if that was another path to limiting Brees Hall, mm -hmm. that if they are going to expand his role, it's not just in the rushing game, but also Michael Carter loses some of those passing down sets, but they yeah. might truly like Michael Carter in that role too. Yeah, I'm really taking this serious because this aligns when with the like we have to keep them cautious in September and then start to unleash right. them. This is right when the calendar turns. So I am taking this pretty seriously. It's it's a possibility that Brees Hall becomes the focal point of this offense. I don't I'm not trying to be too optimistic here, mm -hmm. but obviously I have a lot of drafts that I selected Brees Hall. Um it seems like we've been through a bunch of the season so far. But if Brees Hall starts hitting this week and beyond, we could have a okay. – we are cooking. We are cooking is a good way of putting it. Okay, Aaron Jones, you're running back 18 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, I'm basically throwing out last week because of the snap count that he was on. We've had a lot of Packers drama when it comes to the offensive line. But like Brees Hall, to me, he's the focal point of the offense. For sure, now that we've confirmed, just like with Dalvin Cook, that A.J. Dillon's not going to be – bouncing back into our lives here. So uh, just looking at this, the Raiders totally fine matchup for Aaron Jones. And then going back to week one, he had 12.7 expected half PPR points, which puts him right in this kind of RB two mix. So I think what, I think we know what Aaron Jones is. I'm not sure if he's going to get the 25 touches that other bell cows get, but to me, he is the focal point on a pretty middling uh, offense. And that screams to me, RB two Saquon Barkley, hopefully is back. He's your running back 19 at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think he got in a, as a limited participant here on Wednesday. Yeah. This is one we'll, we'll refresh this ranking later on, but uh, I, even if he does play, I would not assume he's going to be at full health. I think he's trying to play because the Giants are quickly being <laughs> thrown out of the, the standings here. Even if he does come back, though, like Andrew Thomas is not practicing right. yet. And without Andrew Thomas, I, I don't think we should take treat this offense as serious as at all like a lot of those daniel jones sacks were like immediate just blindside sacks like it wasn't even his fault uh to my to my in my opinion so i think saquon playing through injury in this offense it's just not a good thing and two of their other offensive linemen john michael schmitz and one other guy are missing practices too yeah Jeez. you can i don't even think you can look at miami's entire rush defense for the whole season so far because they got run over in week one by Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. But ever since then, they've been like super solid eighth in the NFL in terms of just allowing 3.6 yards per carry to opposing backs. Running back 20 is Damian Pierce at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Hayden, I've been thoroughly impressed by the Falcons defense so far mm -hmm. this season. It makes sense. Bring over a defensive coordinator from the New Orleans Saints. They play very similarly. And for years, we've talked about how the front seven of the Saints is kind of a difficult one to run up against. Yeah, I, they, the Falcons' entire offseason, because they did not want to upgrade their quarterback, was spent on upgrading the defense. Uh, I guess that's worked out on the defensive side. I'm just monitoring Damian Pierce because the offensive tackles and potentially the center could be coming back this week. That would be a huge, huge difference. Uh, if that does come true... Damien Pierce has running back 14 usage and it's giving me even more optimism after doing that breakdown with Steve Smith about how good this play calling is, how good CJ Stroud is Nico Collins. are getting things out of, you've seen some flashes from tank Dell. So I think that he has maybe increasingly odds of scoring goal line touchdowns, which have been very hit and miss this season. And I thought last week he, once he got some space to work with, he looked like his old self. So I think, Things are trending up. The matchup's just not good because the Falcons just, they're like a 
freaking snake. They just hold on to the ball, constrict you to death on offense. Um, I was disappointed when w- listening to the ETR podcast this week where they like brought up again that like Devin Singletary is taking work from him. That like truly wasn't the case this past week. Like it was when they had the game won by like 20 points. And sure, would you like a running back to get every single touch when you're leading? Yes, but that's just not going to happen when they rest them. Like what we saw this past week is when this team is in games and they are winning for three quarters, it is Damian Pierce's backfield. And that's all that we can bank on. Yep. And it'll only get better. It'll only get better. The tide raises from here on out, hopefully, with the Texans. And I'm excited for it. Miles Sanders is running back 21. Hayden, I did not feel good about Miles Sanders' matchup last week. This week, it's at the Detroit Lions. And once again, I feel awful about it. Yeah, it's not good. Lions have allowed 2.9 yards per carry to running backs. That scream's not good. I think a lot of Miles Sanders' issues last week were the groin injury. Uh, he was limited all week in practice. So that's something to be monitoring uh, before we go into Sunday. I will say they are almost 10 point dogs here. Miles Sanders can catch a bunch of targets. Uh, he's actually RB two in targets uh, to this point. So I think there, there is PPR scamming potentially available in this, but it will not be pretty. Miles Sanders has not been that elusive because he has nowhere to run behind this offensive line. Everything seems extremely obvious to defensive players as well so this is a tough ranking for somebody that is actually rb11 in usage like it's hard to be rb2 in targets right and be the goal line guy and right. be ranked as the rb21 but that's it the speaks state how bad the offense is mainly um they are getting austin corbett back probably he's their starting right guard but i don't know how much that is going to matter i mean even Bijan robinson only managed 60 yards on 14 touches against the lions so yeah. good luck miles we close this tier with James Conner against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, actually, is coming off the game where he saw his season low in snaps because he popped up on the injury report. And I thought it was also game script dependent too. Oh, I didn't see the injury though. Yeah, he he was on the injury report to at the end of last week, and he started losing passing game duties to like Demarco or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't recognize the name either. Yeah. Yeah. It, all I knew was not Keontae Ingram. I was like, who is no. this? Um, I, I think that James Conner has not been playing that many passing downs throughout the entire season. That's been the difference. So he got game scripted out last week. Now, like we said, the Cardinals are three-point dogs to the Bengals, but that Vegas total seems kind of up in the air and uncertain for everybody. Um, he's been the RB17 and RB25 usage. We'll monitor the injury report as well um it's, it won't be as bad as last week um but i'm not sure if the the cardinals are going to be leading this game either okay let's go to tier number five man this just makes me sad we lead off as you're running back 23 against Ramondre stevenson yards per carry down explosive runs awful i do not see a light at the end of the tunnel right now for Ramondre. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to just tell this week against New Orleans. So he's been the running back 26 and running back 22 usage. I'm with you. I don't have a good answer of what's going on with Ramondre. Yep. All I know is when you refresh that damn box score, it's coming up with a lot of zeros, ones, and twos, and not in the touchdown department. It sucks. I mean, it, it just sucks so much. I, there's no reasoning for it right now on like an individual level. I think there is from an offensive line standpoint where they're missing – starters uh and then obviously just a pure offensive success standpoint too okay alexander madison is your running back 24 um i think he's averaging 4.5 yards per carry um still it hasn't been wonderful 
We saw K-Makers check in a few times last week, and now almost certainly they should be game scripted out of this game in the Kansas City Chiefs. And in those environments, Hayden, we see that Kevin O'Connell turns the passing game. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just not a good anything for Alexander Madison this week. Uh, it was basically a two-for-one drive rotation with Cam Makers. I think that will continue to eat into Alexander Madison. He's just a player that can't afford to lose any snaps. And the Chiefs are just good everywhere. Like, their defense is just really strong. Um, and like you said, the second Mahomes goes up 14 on this team, it is time to pass the ball, hopefully to Jordan Addison this week. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. How high will we rank Jordan Addison this week? Tune in on Friday. Mm-hmm. Gus Edwards. You're running back 25 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Guess Edwards played 40 snaps compared to just 11 for Melvin Gordon and seven for Justice Hill. Is keeping him at running back 25 basically because he's a linear player and is relying on touchdowns? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm also surprised that the Ravens are, do you know the point spread in this game against the Steelers? Um, I better be with more than a field goal. It's four points. I thought it'd be more than wow. four points. The Ravens versus the backup well, quarterback. Apparently, Steelers? your boy Kenny Pickett is playing. I know, but um, Kenny Pickett on a half of a leg doesn't sound good to me either. I can't believe it's no, only four and, points. And the Steelers haven't had Cameron Hayward, and they've really yeah. struggled to stop the run. Like, if you can block TJ Watt, which they're getting back offensive linemen, they got back Tyler Linderbaum at center. Yeah. Well, I don't want to steal the mic here, Hayden. I kind of think it's a Gus Edwards week. I know like I saw it, you tweet it, it. It is weird to say that about a player who is very touchdown dependent. And right now, you know, Lamar Jackson has taken three of the team's five carries inside the 10 yard line. But and not to go up against the Keaton Mitchell hive, which apparently everyone loves Keaton Mitchell, but he lacks weight and is purely yeah. an in-space back who catches passes. I think Lamar threw like 30% of his passes last week to running backs, but so far through four weeks, it hasn't been that many to the backfield. And in fact, Gus Edwards has a few of his own. I don't know. Like what we have seen so far is after JK Dobbins went down, Gus Edwards has been like the dude, you know, mm-hmm. and I, maybe I will be totally wrong. I don't think a guy who was an undrafted free agent who did, you know, spot up here and there in preseason, who's also missed the four first four weeks of the NFL season is going to carve into a touchdown opportunity for Gus Edwards in this game. Yeah, I agree. Gus Edwards coming off of a uh, season high in expected fantasy points, like 10.5, which is like gets him into the flexible range. Najee Harris against those same Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Jalen Warren now has 18 receptions this season compared to just four for Najee Harris. Yeah, that's been the primary difference here. I, th- I still think that if the Steelers somehow get to the goal line, it will go to Najee. But at that point, it's very hard to picture. So, um, yeah, tough scenes in this whole entire category to me. Let's talk through Jonathan Taylor as you're running back 27. This kind of has to be a, a wait and see ranking on some level. Yeah, it's a placeholder full participant on Wednesday. Um, but at the same time, they did not commit to playing him yet. Uh, even if he is out there, we still don't know what, how healthy he's going to be, how much he wants to play. That's another thing you can accrue a season on, on four snaps. If you wanted to play that game, uh, and they're playing the Titans. So this is a wait and see. He can be ranked as the RB9 by the time we get to Sunday. He could be completely left off this ranking. If it is Zach Moss, you got to love this the snaps that he's getting. You have to still hate the matchup against Tennessee. Jameer Gibbs, who is the running back 23 in consensus rankings this week, is your running back 28. He's been the running back 29 on running back 26 usage. Um, that includes the game where David Montgomery missed. Um, I moved him up a, a little bit um, since since we both got online here. 
just because the Lions are projected for so many points compared to everyone else in the league this week. But it's not good for Jameer Gibbs. Like They're not using him for a reason. And to me, he has to earn more targets and carries by playing better. Everyone keeps saying that he's been playing so good. He really hasn't. He dropped the ball a ton. He misses his pass protection stuff. All the stuff between the the the, the tackles, they don't give him to. So like, to me, like he has to play better to get more touches because the Lions have skill guys everywhere. Amon Ra, Sam Laporta, David Montgomery. Like, you got to... Yeah, and Josh Reynolds, my guy's playing playing really good football. So, like, Jameer Gibbs has to play better to get the ball more. That's how the NFL works. Where am I placing him? 25. 23, 24, 25. Right there. Okay. Khalil Herbert now against the Washington Commanders. What we saw, finally, when Chicago led from the jump, Khalil Herbert outsnapped Roshan Johnson 56 to 16. However, this goes back to what we've previously seen with the Chicago Bears. They are underdogs by, I think, a full touchdown yeah. against the Commanders. It's tough. That defensive line is no joke. The Bears' offensive line is a joke. It's They're not getting passes to Khalil Herbert, so it's just like praying for a touchdown, and once you get to the goal line, you're still fearful that it will be Justin Fields. So he's been the uh, RB32 in usage. This is a, a fine enough matchup because we don't think the Commanders are going to completely blow out the Bears but I'm not ruling out anything when it comes to Chicago at this point. We'll close this one with your running back 30. That is Zach Moss. Um, if Jonathan Taylor misses this game, uh, I could see Zach Moss going up to like running back 23 in your rankings. Yeah, I think it's totally, totally fine. Okay. 31 and beyond. Jaleel McLaughlin leads this one off. Um, it's against the New York Jets. Hayden, what goes on through your brain when you draft a guy who's coming out of Youngstown State and Notre Dame College? It gives me a lot of pause. That's why I have him ranked down here. Um, he basically picked up the Javante Williams role after he left. So Maja P. Ryan got a couple snaps here and there, but it was Jaleel on the early down carries. At the same time, he's super small, so I'm not sure if they can give him the 15 to 20 touches that Javante, in theory, was capable of, of getting. He's kind of a speedster, and Broncos Jets, to me, screams about 40 plays on each offense um so i'm not too intrigued okay the rest of this tyler algier against the houston texans chuba hubbard then jalen warren samaj p ryan in that same game and we close with the i think 86th ranked rusher of all time in nfl history and yardage latavius murray i'm surprised he's that high but he's, he's been really playing high. forever <laughs> yes wow good for him yeah this is the category where like all right who can get lucky with their game script? Like to me, in theory, Tyler Algier can still get there if the Falcons can start dominating games. His usage and wins is much better than in losses. On the inverse, you have that with Jalen Warren because the receptions that you talked about. Maybe Samaje Perine is actually the guy. I don't know why he would be after last week. Same thing with Chuba Hubbard. If they're down a bunch of points, Miles Sanders isn't, isn't healthy. But to me, this is the you're, you're if you're starting these guys, you're not winning a, a fantasy football championship. I'm sorry. All right, that's going to do it for us. Again, those are Hayden's running back rankings. He doesn't finalize everything. So um, early we're doing this damn thing. <laughs> well, it wasn't my choice. Um, until tight ends and quarterbacks, he starts posting them. So look in that description tomorrow before Thursday Night Football, and you'll have his full rankings. And again, we'll be back here on Friday and then Sunday morning. Just tons of shows coming at you. And by the way, Hayden talked with Steve Smith on Nico Collins and CJ Stroud, like the new ascending duo at wide receiver Ooh. and 
quarterback throughout the NFL, uh, a good show that people are enjoying. And then my episode of Scheme comes out tomorrow. Actually, we got two this week. Tomorrow is on Josh Allen being a red zone terminator, unreal this season. And then Saturday, we'll have an episode on Chris McCaffrey plus Brock Purdy and all the ways that Kyle Shanahan is scheming stuff up for our one of one Christian McCaffrey. All right. Let's go. Shout out to the producer weaves. Shout out to all of you. Up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon.